yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Principality Stadium in Cardiff when Ireland have got their championship up and running with a bonus point win over Wales, 34 points to 10. It's Ireland's first Six Nations win in the Welsh capital since 2013. Three tries by Ireland in the first half to lead 27-3. Wales hit back with a lean Williams try and Williams later got Simbind for a high tackle on Johnny Sexton. Ireland made the most of the man advantage with a try. Uh, from Josh van der Fleer, their fourth of the day. Well, I'm joined by Rory O'Connor and Keen Tracy. Rory, what did you make of that? Ireland were brilliant. 27 points in 27 minutes. Absolutely blitzed Wales. They silenced the, the Principality Stadium. They made light of the Warren Gatlin effect. They had two late changes to their 23 and just didn't see the bottom of them one bit. They looked every inch the team that won a series in New Zealand last summer. They were, they were sensational. And they were heading towards a record win at that point. I think that's difficult to sustain, especially first game out. So I think we have to bear that in mind as we assess what happened afterwards. Because what happened after that was one of the weirdest games of rugby I've ever seen. Ireland lost their way. Wales got on top. They were dominant. They probably should have scored a lot more tries. At one point, it felt like they might get back into it. Ireland managed that period really poorly. They didn't get the ball off the pitch before half time. Their discipline went to pieces. Um, they lost Johnny Sexton to a head injury. He didn't come off when the referee wanted him to. It was a cup that will be a big talking point in the days to come. And Wales just couldn't get the scores on the board. Ireland defended really well. Their bench came on and managed the game really well. And Ross Byrne, I thought Ireland looked like a better team when he came onto the pitch. And he guided them home against 14 men. Controversial enough. I don't think it was a yellow card myself. Certainly a little bit harsh on Liam Williams. But that gave Ireland the breathing space. And to be honest, Wales were running out of time anyway. Ireland get a bonus point win in the old Mick McCarthy line. If, they give, if you'd offered them that before they come over, they would have bitten your hand off for it. Job done, on to France, but a bit of a cure it's egg of a day. King, what's it up for you? Um, I suppose to start, as Rudd pointed out there, uh, reminded me of the third test in Wellington last summer when they just blew uh, them away. And, you know, Ireland didn't really get those starts um, in any of the games in November. Maybe that, you know, contributed to the fact that they weren't able to kind of kick on from the summer as they were. But once they went, what was it, 27-3 up, I think it was, you were kind of thinking, wow, they could run up a serious score. But the fact it took them 73 minutes to get the bonus point was pretty worrying when you consider how leaky that Welsh defence was. Uh, like Rudd touched on a couple of interesting points there. 
the, the game management before half time, I thought like it was so poor, but it actually ended up feeding into the start of the second half as well. Uh, there were two different occasions that Ireland could have got the ball off the pitch. Connor Murray was the first one, and then Dan Sheehan totally lost his head as well by kicking the ball downfield. So I'd imagine at half time there was probably a few harsh words about that because there was no reason for, for Ireland to have had such poor game management. And that fed into the start of the second half. I mean, the try that they conceded was a classic Warren Gatlin line out move. Uh, George North was the one who ended up catching the ball in the line out and ended up scoring from it. So they were still 17 points up after that. But they didn't play like a team who were 17 points up. They played like a team who were just down to a one-score game. And the panic sort of spread through the entire team. I thought, you know, Hugo Keenan was the one player, I think, in the middle of all the, the madness who just kept his head time and time and again and, you know, fully deserving of his Man of the Match award. But um, it was a, it ended up being a bigger test, I think, than than what it should have been, really. Obviously, great to come out with it, a, a bonus point win. But just the, the middle period of that game, I think, will be probably where they, where Andy Farrell and the coaches will focus on more rather than, you know, making the brilliant start. Because, like, let's face it, if that was a better team, if that was a France or someone, you know, they're not going to get away with uh, such sloppy play. Yeah, Rory, why weren't they as composed as they should have been? considering their advantage on the scoreboard during that period? Well, I think Wales played a big part in it. They put a pre- they put pressure on. They found their way. Like, you know, I saw the emotion at the start of the game um, from the Welsh players, but they didn't bring that into the start of the game. Ireland were much more clinical and Ireland were... Um, like, they looked like the world's number one team at that point. I think they, they just lost cognizance of where they were in the game. They started making errors under pressure. They didn't play in the right areas. They were giving away penalties. I didn't think Sexton was as composed. Maybe it's because he hasn't played as, as much as he has been, um, as, as he would have liked. You know, he's had a couple of injuries, but he didn't exude the same level of control that you would expect from him. And they they made bad decisions. I think that's that's ultimately what it's all about. And, and like the amount of talk in Portugal during the week about Gary Keegan and the mental capacity of the team and the mental skills that they're working on, I think he's got a big job to do around their ability to, 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 to wrest control back of the game. So... Like they got themselves in an incredibly dominant position. I think it's a difficult position to maintain. We saw that in the La Rochelle Ulster game a couple of weeks ago. Um, when you get that far ahead and you're so comfortable, it's quite easy to switch off. And you wonder whether Farrell could have gone to his bench earlier. You know, maybe a couple of half-time subs. You know, would that have shaken things up and, and made a bit of an impact? But I'm not sure. You know, it was a difficult. It's almost difficult to play when you're that far ahead with that much time left on the clock. And it's an it's an area where Ireland can get better. Can they? You know, is it a major concern? Maybe a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, you do have to, you know, remember the start and how good they were during that start, and also the way they finished the game as well. A little bit again, like the England game in Twickenham last year, where their bench came on and kind of steadied the ship and got them home and got the result they ultimately needed. They made some um, they made some unusual decisions, I thought, tactically, um, just during that second half period when it was all going helter-skelter. Like, they had about three or four different occasions where they could have found touch from clearing kicks, and they decided to keep the ball in, and it just invited Wales back onto them. Obviously, Liam Williams starting fullback added far more of a counter-attacking threat than Lee Halfpenny would, would have been if he had been there, but I just couldn't understand why they weren't trying to put the ball out of play and, you know, just reset, get a breather. It just added to the whole kind of mental approach to it so I don't know if that was something coming from the coaches to me it felt like it was at one stage um he was Johnny Sexton put in a crossfield kick as well which was never really on so they started just making mad decisions that were so out of character from the first kind of half an hour from what we saw so um plenty to work on they, they didn't play to their own fitness levels almost they, they 
like there was one time the ball went up and the chasing line was really really poor and they got away with it and then they didn't get the ball off the pitch again they put another up and under up in the air chasing line was terrible and Liam Williams goes nearly the length of the pitch you know that's again tactical decisions that you know the Sexton kick that you reference Keane that was a dreadful decision in the context of the game like why are you pushing the envelope at that point look you know, we back them to make decisions. We want them to be exciting, but sometimes just get the ball off the pitch, especially when James Ryan is causing absolute chaos in the Welsh lineup. Like his interventions were really critical. I think another try with about 20, 25 minutes to go, Wales are back in that game. And Ireland, like it's nearly 20, 13 all over again when Wales nearly won the game. Yeah, Rory, you mentioned there, obviously, the Liam Williams incident. He got a yellow card for that high tackle on Johnny Sextoval. First of all, uh, do you agree with the yellow card? And why wasn't Sexton taken off for HIA at that moment? Well, I think that's going to be one of the big talking points after the game, unfortunately. Um, Liam Williams, he fairly milked that uh, that uh, penalty off Ian Henderson a little bit earlier on when he went down holding his, uh, holding his shoulder when he'd been brushed aside by Henderson. I know Henderson's a big man. I, look, I think by the letter of the law, maybe it was a yellow card because, you know, he does make contact with Sexton's head. I did, thought Sexton was dipping... Um, he almost absorbed him into contact. We've seen that accepting the contact. Uh, I thought it was harsh, but letter of the law, maybe it is a yellow, but it's a big turning point in the game. Sexton didn't go for a HIA instantly. He seemed to be fine. He was complaining about it. He seemed to be getting treatment on his knee. A couple of minutes later, Carl Dixon goes to the um, Irish medics. 10 Ireland, or the Ireland captain, uh, doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. I, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, are you okay for him to continue? They said yes. He makes a choke tackle. Big turnover play along with Josh van der Fleer. And then after that, Ross Byrne comes on. And, you know, we'll see now we're into the kind of HIA1, HIA2 stuff that we saw in, in, in uh, New Zealand. We have Conor Murray, I thought, looked a bit unsteady on his feet as well. So it's going to be a bit of a talking point in the next couple of days. And if the referee thought he was unsteady, should he not have just come off for the assessment? Different doubt, sit them out. So, look, we're back here again. We're having a discussion about Johnny Sexton's uh, head injuries. And we'll see. Uh, Peter Armani did the post-match interview. So we'll see if he actually presents for the post-match. Do Ireland go into next week with Conor Murray, Dempsey, Justin Park, Ty Furlong and Johnny Sexton all out? Maybe. But Ross Byrne looked pretty good when he came on. And so did Craig Casey had a good game as well. So um, Andy Farrell w- welcomes adversity. So we'll see what the story is there. Kim, what did you make of the, the bench impact? Well, yeah, I thought the bench had a, a massive impact. And, you know, before we even get to the bench impact, I think it's worth mentioning Rudd kind of touching it there, the adversity, you know, that Andy Farrell has spoken about. So to lose uh, Jameson Gibson Park so close to kickoff and obviously to lose um, Tyke Furlong before the game as well, like was huge. Obviously, Keen Healy dropping off the bench. So, like, if you think about it, Ireland went to Cardiff. I know it's not like a vintage Wales team, but without Tyke Furlong, Robbie Henshaw, Jameson Gibson Park and Ronan Kelleher, I know he hasn't played in a while, but he's such an important uh, part of this Ireland squad. It's like they're four key players to go for, for starters. But I thought the bench made a made a big, big impact. I thought Finley Beelham did well while he was on. Certainly kind of backed up why maybe there weren't as many concerns or there might have been if this had happened maybe a year ago with Furlong out injured. Uh, did really, really well, I thought. Um, Bundyaki, I thought, was immense off the bench. I agree. Ross Byrne looked really solid. Ian Henderson, apart from that really dumb penalty that he gave away, I know Liam Williams probably made the most of it, but uh, it definitely it was a definite penalty. Um, but he made a big impact as well. Jack Conan came up with a huge moment near the end there. So that this is what Andy Farrell has been building for the whole time, you know, 
you think back to adding the two extra tests in New Zealand, you know, having the Emerging Ireland Tour, having the All Blacks A game in November, it was about building depth. And we're starting to see that depth coming through. Craig Casey certainly didn't look out of place when he came on. Brilliant pass to, to Josh van der Fleer for the, the bonus point try. And he kept the, the Welsh fringe defence honest as well. So I think Andy Farrell will be really happy with his bench impact. Maybe he could have looked there a little bit earlier, but in the end, they got the job done. They just shouldn't have had probably having to wait till the 73rd minute to get that bonus point. Before we go, uh, Rory, a quick word on Hugh O'Keenan. I mean, the guy just doesn't have a, ge- a bad game, and today he was exceptional. He really, really was, and and while others around him lost their heads, he really kept his. He was he was really outstanding under the high ball. Wales put him under enormous pressure. At one stage, they did get a turnover off him, but in fairness, he was monstered in that contact. He didn't have much much choice. The way he chased down Rio Dyer was incredible. You know, that was a big moment in the game. You know, that, that was still when the game was still in the melting pot. So... Ireland have someone they can rely on in the number 15 jersey. It just seems like it's ever dusted. Like the way he's kind of swept, swept in post Rob Carney and, and, and brings so much to the table in terms of what he does in attack as well as defence. His work under the high ball, his energy, he's sensational. I thought James Ryan's influence around the line out, the way he picked off those two, it was it two or three uh, line outs during the second half at pivotal points when they were on the line. He had a big impact, scored a try as well. Caden Doris was very, very good. Like Ireland, you know. We'll pick holes in it, and we like they'll pick holes in it themselves. But at the same time, it's an outstanding win for Ireland. An outstanding win. Um, it gets them up and running into France next week. Be France at home, and you're talking about Grand Slams, you know. And there's loads to work on, so they'll be delighted with where they are. Um, a few injuries, you know, that we'll be keeping an eye on in the next couple of days. But like, what a start to the Six Nations! What a game to open the Six Nations with as well. You know, it's going to be an exciting campaign for Ireland. There's a lot to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, just the number two ranked team in the world coming to the Aviva next weekend. What are those little things that are big things that Ireland will need to get better for that? Well, that, that's the thing. There's plenty of things they can get better at. And this is probably similar to, enough to what, what was the case in November, you know. Um, I still don't think Ireland have hit their peak in any sense at all. And I don't think the players will think that, you know, if they'd went on from the, the, the really positive start that they'd made and if they'd blown Wales away, perhaps people could have got ahead of themselves. You know, even maybe the players would have been. But I think the way Wales fought back, and we, do, we should give credit to Wales for the manner that they fought back. I think it'll just keep everyone grounded it will you know it will ensure that the coaches see loads of room for improvement I thought the the breakdown probably need a little bit of work um at the start it was ferocious and like it contributed massively to Ireland's quick ball and I think Connor Murray de- deserves a lot of credit for that as well because there was question marks would he be able to provide the tempo that Jameson Gibson Park gives Ireland and I thought he did for for the most part so um I think they'll see issues around the defense as well how they got picked off for the Liam Williams try you know it came off uh, at the line out like I said with George North in it so uh they're the kind of areas that France you know won't need a, sne- a second sniff at all to take advantage of but if it's a good place for Ireland to be in Keen and Rory thanks a million for that so an opening win for Ireland today uh, we'll be back on Bank Holiday Monday to set up the week ahead of the visit of France not a bad one to look forward to thanks for listening The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast rate, review and follow the show on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts This is an Irish independent podcast